The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew writes that when Jesus heard of John the Baptist's death, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. And he said, bring them here to me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, typically we think about this feeding of the 5,000 as, yes, one of Jesus's great miracles. And we wonder how Jesus could take just two fish and five loaves of bread and stretch them into a a feast to feed so many people. And not only that, but there were leftovers. Twelve baskets full, quite a bit more than they even started with. And the idea that if there were 5,000 men, had a wife, maybe a children or two, child or two, there was a lot of people in those crowds. Maybe more like 10, 15, 20,000 there at the end of that day that he would actually need to provide for. And I've wondered before about the compassion that Jesus had to provide for these crowds that afternoon. When it seems that all that he really wanted to do was to be alone. We've been there ourselves, haven't we? We can assume that his wanting to be alone was to grieve. To grieve after learning of his cousin and friend, John the Baptist's death. It could also have been 
that he was trying not to draw any more attention to the works that him and his disciples were doing, realizing that the measures King Herod was willing to take and was going to, to protect his reign in that region. Now, it's not necessary for us to focus on Jesus' grief and his mourning at this point as, well, maybe some sort of example how we are supposed to live ourselves as much as it gives us context. It gives us further insight to our Lord's true love, his empathy, and his compassion. Because it is simply amazing to think about all of the people that he must have healed that he taught, or maybe he just sat down with them to listen to them in the midst of his own grief. And I've always wondered myself, and this is one part that I wish maybe the scriptures were a little more explicit about, was about what precisely he said when he looked up to the heavens and said a blessing. It's just something to ponder on. Was it a a simple prayer? Was it more of a proclamation? It's just one of those things that I wonder about. And also for myself, sometimes I, well, I'm simply in awe of the disciples. Maybe it's a little bit of jealousy Because they were there. They got to hear that blessing. They were able to observe all of this as it was happening. Like I said earlier, it ended up in all four of the Gospels. This was something that they would go on to talk about over and over again. They were amazed. And why it's easy for us to wonder about all of these things how Jesus was able to do just what he did. I also go back to the disciples and I, I wonder how overwhelmed they must have been. Overwhelmed with the size of the crowds, the grief that was upon them, whatever it may have been, it had to have been a lot. It must have been a long day. And we can imagine that they were most likely very tired. And they seem to be pleading with the Lord, come on, come on, Jesus. (laughs) Haven't you done enough? Let's move on and find something to eat for ourselves. It's probably an expression that they had. As they say, this is a desolate place. The day is now over. Send those crowds away to go to the villages and buy food for themselves. You see, I don't really think that there was a great need here. A great need for those crowds to be fed. Yes, it had been a long 
and we could presume hot day. And yes, it was mealtime. But that doesn't seem like anybody was starving. It doesn't seem that there's an immediate need that had to be fulfilled or these people were to be doomed. Not at all. And in the face of their questions, in response to their doubts, in spite of their desire to move on and care for their own needs, whatever whatever it may have been for them, Jesus, he says to them, you, you give them something to eat. So once again, empathizing with the disciples, can you imagine how confused and frustrated the disciples would have been? What do you mean? Feed them. Maybe you haven't noticed Jesus, but there's like 5,000 5, of them here on this hill. And all we have is a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And they weren't even their own provisions. They gathered them from one of the young followers amongst the crowds. Bring them here to me, Jesus replies. You see, the miracles, yes, a good one. And it, it makes such a magnificent story. But if we only focus on what Jesus prayed or on trying to figure out just how Jesus did what he did or on those crowds, on the fish and on the loaves of bread, well, I think we're missing the point. Just like last week's gospel really wasn't about treasure or a precious pearl that we need to go find. And just like the week before wasn't really about weeds, good seeds or gardening. Today's message, well, it really isn't about fish or bread or some picnic there on the hillside. The gospel, the good news in the narrative that we receive today in the feeding of the 5,000 is found in Jesus's short and simple response to the disciples. Bring them to me. Yes, bring the two fish and the five loaves. But also bring all of your needs Bring your troubles, bring your doubt, bring them to me. And the disciples, yes, they're still skeptical. Jesus, in his compassion, in his empathy, in his providence, he fulfills the needs for all the people. And he does this with the use of his disciples, his followers. What he says to the disciples next is, well, I think is just as profound and powerful. They need not go away. You give them something to eat. You see, I'm still siding with the disciples at this point. And 
wondering how confused they may have been, even after being a witness to all of these great miracles that Jesus had revealed in their presence. And I wonder, or maybe I ask, don't we in this day sound just like the disciples ourselves most of the time? We don't have enough bread. Whether that bread means time, money, energy, willingness, or ability. Maybe that bread means faith, love, compassion, empathy, or whatever the need facing us may be. Yes, we ourselves are skeptical. We are pessimistic. We are preoccupied. We're distracted. We're tired. We're uninspired. We're selfish. We're insecure. We're unconvicted, just like the disciples were that day. And a lot of time, if you are anything like myself, we're we're simply full of excuses. But just like the disciples in the gospel, Jesus, he gives something greater here, greater than even our own best excuses. He gives us more than another miracle, too. He gives us something better even than bread and fish to chew on. Because what Jesus does is he reveals to us just what a high opinion God has Not only of the lost and the lonely, those in need, the sick and the people there on that hillside that day for whom he shows so much compassion for. But Jesus, he reveals to us what a high opinion God has to those who do believe in him and to want to follow him so faithfully. You. Give them something to eat. And what I hear Jesus saying here is don't wait for someone else to do it. Trust in me and trust in my providence. Don't pretend that you don't have the time or the skills or the resources to do God's bidding in this world. Don't pretend that you're not qualified or capable Don't put off for another day or time or a moment when it might be more convenient for you. No trust in me who trusts in you. You give them something to eat. And doesn't it seem like that right there, you give them something to eat, that that's All the disciples heard. You do this. Like it was all on them. Faced with the massive crowds, the overwhelming estimation of the food that would be needed for so many people. They were quick in their minds to make these calculations and these estimations. But in another sense, it almost seems like they forgot how to count. That their own logic in their Lord's presence in the kingdom of God could estimate these great crowds, but how quickly their ability 
to count above seven was lost because they didn't account for the great one. And I say this because when you calculate our Lord's providence into these formulas, well, his provisions become infinite. Two fish and five loaves plus one, well, that's not eight, but it's infinite. Infinite because that one is abundant and infinite. The Alpha and the Omega, the three in one our Trinity, God's provision through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the advocate, our helper, the Holy Spirit, is infinite. And he utilizes us, his disciples, his followers, his creation, his sanctified workers to provide for those in need. And not just for the desperate, the dire needs of all, but for all of their daily bread. Bring them to me, the one with infinite provisions. And I ask you, isn't there some way each of us might help in feeding someone who is in need as well? Maybe... It's a co-worker that, you know, could use a hand or maybe even just some encouragement. Maybe it's one of your neighbors who's having a hard time. Maybe it's something around here, helping with the mission of the church, sharing a meal with a member of the congregation. Maybe starting up a small group, a Bible study for those needing to hear the Lord's word in his proclamation about his provisions. Let's not wait for someone else to do it. Let's not pretend that we aren't capable or qualified or called even to respond to the needs that are around us. But bring them to Jesus. Bring them the word. Bring them daily bread and aid in his providence. Dear saints, be amazed. Yes, be amazed by this miracle that we receive in our gospel texts for today, the feeding of the 5,000. And we'll hear it every year. Have faith and love in the assurance of God's provision, provision for you, provision for all of his creation. Be amazed by his infinite ability, his ability beyond all comprehension with his abundance. And as you do this, as you live in that assurance, be aware of your mission here, Christ's mission. Be aware of your mission as a congregation, as individual followers of Christ. Hear Jesus's command to give the world something to eat. Feed my sheep, his sheep, to bring them to Jesus and to share with them his providence, everything that he has provided for you and what he has done for them as well. And let's realize all that we have 
and all that we have ever needed to is because of God's love for us. Count your many blessings. For yes, we are called and we are capable of doing great things in the name of Christ and for the sake of all the world. And that when we do, there will be more than enough, nor more than enough love, grace, empathy, compassion, mercy, and providence. Yes, providence for you, for your neighbor, for all of God's kingdom with leftovers besides. True abundance. Count in him, our infinite provider. You give them something to eat. Bring them to Jesus so that they will be satisfied as well. Count your blessings and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and he is full of mercy and his mercy it endures forever. May this give you peace. The peace of God which surpasses all of our own understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.